In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. As you heard in uh, the Synexerium of today, the Church celebrates today the departure of Moses the Prophet. That's why all the readings of today are about the Prophets. Moses was a great man and God actually rebuked Maryam, his sister, when she spoke negatively about him and he told her, any one of you, when I speak to him, I speak to him in visions or in dreams. But Moses mouth to mouth and the word and God spoke to Moses was repeated several several times in the Old Testament and no other prophets actually uh, spoke with God like Moses and God entrusted him with a big responsibility the responsibility of uh, delivering and the exodus of the Israelites from the land of Egypt starting their journey to the promised land. And this journey took 40 years. And Moses, with all patience, with all endurance, with all long-suffering, he endured these people who was this, uh, that were described actually in the Bible as stiff-necked. But Moses, in his patience, even when God was disappointed at the people, he prayed and said to God, if you don't forgive these people, remove my name from the book of life. To that extent, Moses loved his people in spite of the hard time that they gave him. One time, actually, they want to replace him with another leader and to go back to Egypt return back to Israel. The life of Moses actually is full of many, many, many lessons. But today I like to reflect on some lessons uh, in his life. Actually, from his birth, the Pharaoh of Egypt decided actually to kill all male infants. All male infants. And definitely this was a great tribulation to the people. Can you imagine uh, parents, when they have their male infant, they kill him in order actually to fulfill the commandment of the uh, king. But his parents actually uh, hid him for three months. And after that, when they could not hide him anymore, they put him in a basket and put him in the river of, of Nile. And God actually made a plan that Pharaoh's daughter to see him and to take him and to adopt him. And instead of being killed, he raised in the palace of Pharaoh. And this was a great opportunity for him to learn uh, and to be disciplined by the wisdom of the Egyptians as it's mentioned in the Bible. And the lesson here how God actually turns uh, troubles 
and afflictions and hardship to something good when we trust him. Last two years, many of us are concerned about the pandemic and concerned about the end of the world and concerned about the great tribulation and the mark of the beast. Many, many concerns. And if we trust God and face all these tribulations with faith, with confidence, with trust, we know that God actually will turn everything to good to those who love him. As we read in Romans chapter uh, 8, all things work out for good to those who love God. So just we need to put our trust in him, our confidence in him, and to live our life in peace. Who can imagine that Moses, instead of being killed, to be raised in the palace of Pharaoh? And not only that, but when Pharaoh's daughter was looking for uh, a nanny to raise this child, God arranged to choose his mother without knowing that she is the mother of Moses. And God planned this so while she was nursing him, she also would feed him with the knowledge of God and the fear of God. And during these years in which his mother nursed him and raised him, she planted in him the uh, faith in God and all what she learned from her ancestors. And Moses, when he grew, he was strong in his faith. As St. Paul reflected on the life of Moses and said, Moses refused to have the passing pleasure of sin in Pharaoh's house, and he preferred more to be persecuted with the people of God, considering the reproach of Christ is greater riches than all the riches of Pharaoh. And this actually another lesson for us parents. When actually you raise your children in the fear of God from their infancy, like uh, the mother of Moses, yes, we are living now in a very ungodly world. Evil and ungodliness and corruption is surrounding us. But don't be afraid. Raise your children in the fear of God. Uh, you know, Moses was in a foreign land in Egypt. All of them were worshipping idols. So the corruption, the ungodliness was at its extreme during this time. But his mother was able to feed him with the fear of God and the knowledge of God. We need actually to raise our children in the fear of God. And we can have godly families even in this ungodly world. We, we, we saw the family of Noah, how Noah was able to raise his children. And in the whole world, in the whole world, there was one family, Noah and his three sons and their wives only feared God and lived in the fear of God. Is it possible to raise godly children in ungodly world? Yes. And we have many examples, but we need to do our part and we need, we ourselves, to walk in the fear of God.
Also, we can see after Moses grew up, he wanted actually out of his love. He wanted to defend his uh, brothers. When he saw an Egyptian fighting with an Israelite, he killed the Egyptian. But at this moment, actually, he was relying on his power. That's why the following day when he saw two Israelites fighting with each other and he tried to reconcile uh, both of them, they told him, are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? And Moses got afraid and uh, ran away uh, from the face of Pharaoh. And he uh, hid himself for 40 years. 40 years. And as we said yesterday in the Bible study, anything we do it, relying on our uh, knowledge, on our experience, on our ability, on our talent, we will fail. But when we rely on God, actually, and we, uh, we acknowledge our weakness, then we will be victorious. See the transformation that happened in the life of Moses. First, he wanted actually to deliver uh, his, the Israelites by his power. That's why he killed the Egyptian. Second time, after the 40 years, when God called him to go to Pharaoh, actually he told him, no, I cannot do this. It is very, very huge. And he started to give huge responsibility, started to give excuses to God, to the extent that God at the end was disappointed with Moses. Moses, uh, before these 40 years, the Bible described him as disciplined with all the wisdoms of the Egyptians. He was eloquent, trusted in his words. But after these 40 years, when God called him, he told him, I am heavy in my tongue and my speech. I, I cannot actually speak. I'm not eloquent. Uh, to, to speak and to address Pharaoh. Uh, so, when Moses actually acknowledged his weakness and acknowledged that he, cannot, he can do nothing, then the grace of God starts to work with him. And that is the key. You know, when Paul was sick and prayed to God to heal him, the answer of God, no, I want you to be weak. Why? In order not to trust in yourself. And you will see that my grace will be sufficient. Because here is a key word. Uh, my power is made perfect in weakness. My power is made perfect in weakness. Meaning what? When you acknowledge your weakness, when we say to God, I am weak, I don't know anything, I cannot do anything, then his power will work perfectly in me and will strengthen me. But when I trust my intelligence, my ability, my experience, my talents, this will be hindrance to the power of God to work perfectly in me. That is the key. And when Moses actually admitted his weakness, that's when the grace of God worked with him and he was able actually to lead the people out of Egypt uh, to their journey in the wilderness of um, Sinai. Uh, also, 
you can see before the transformation of Moses during 40 years, he was like a violent person. He did not actually discuss what is the situation between the Egyptian and the Israelite. He did not try to reconcile both of them. What he did, he just killed the Egyptian. Very violent. But later on, after the 40 years, he learned how to be patient, how to uh, be long-suffering, how to endure a lot, you know. And he endured this difficult people for 40 years in the wilderness of Sinai. So big, big change in the life of Moses when he uh, relied on God. Also, our calculation is different than the calculation of God. Moses thought that the journey from Egypt to the promised land will take three days. He went actually to Pharaoh and told him, we want to go for three days. He, that's his calculation. We read in the book of Exodus, when the people left uh, Egypt, God actually intentionally made them get lost in the wilderness of Sinai. Why? And although the, it was very, very close, but God made them to get lost 40 years in the wilderness of Sinai. Because God said, if these people saw war, they will be frightened and they will go back to Egypt. So 40 years, God is showing them wonders, sending them manna from heaven, sending them uh, waters from the rock, uh, dealing with them, leading them with uh, a pillar of cloud and a pillar of light, showing supernatural uh, power to them so they can trust him then even later on when they saw the wars with eight nations during the time of Joshua they did not consider going back to the land of Egypt can you imagine these people lived 400 years in Egypt so their mind was uh, shaped by the mind of Egyptians worshipping idols to the extent when Moses ascended to the mountain and spent 40 days, uh, they asked Aaron to do a golden calf and they worshipped the golden calf. This means their mind was uh, still about worshipping idols, not worshipping the true God. So God wanted this mind to be completely changed before going into the promised land. The point here Sometimes we need God to answer our prayers right now, instantly, here and now. Like Moses, three days and we'll be in the promised land. But God told him, no, three days will not help you. Actually, people will either return back to Egypt or when they go to the promised land, they still worship idols, like how they worshiped idols uh, the Egyptian was for 400 years and they lived among them. So let us trust the, the plan of God, the economy of God, even if it doesn't match our economy, even if we are not patient and we get our requests to be answered innocently and right now, but God has a different economy. Let us plan, trust his plan and let us trust his economy.
Uh, also, uh, Moses, God actually told him, you will not enter the uh, promised land. Can you imagine he endured all this suffering for 40 years in leading this people? And then at the end, God will tell him, you will not enter the promised land. Sometimes when we are denied something, we get upset, we get disappointed. But we didn't see Moses actually disappointed with God or questioning the wisdom of God. God actually did this for a prophetic way. Moses represents the law, the Old Testament. And Joshua, by the way, Joshua, Jesus, are the same, is the same word, means Savior. So Joshua represents Jesus, the new covenant. So the message here, the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, cannot lead you into heaven. But it will point heaven to you. It will show you the way to heaven, but cannot lead you to heaven. But Joshua, Jesus Christ, the new covenant, is the only one who can lead us to the promised land, to heaven. And Moses, maybe he did not understand the the prophetic meaning, why God did not allow him to enter into the promised land. But he was in total submission to the economy of God, total submission to God's will. Sometimes in our life, we, uh, if, if we serve a lot in the church, and then, for example, we, we were not chosen to be in the board of the church, or we're not chosen to be Sunday school coordinator or to serve Sunday school, we get disappointed and we say, after all this service, after all this dedication, they don't choose me? What about Moses? After 40 years of leading very, very difficult people in the wilderness of Sinai, but at the end, God told him, you will not enter. You will not enter. And Moses actually was not uh, disappointed. This reminds me with another uh, great prophet in the Old Testament, David. God said to David, you will not build the temple because your hand uh, smeared with blood, with innocent blood. So David was not disappointed. But David asked God, okay, if I'm not going to build the temple, can I actually bring all the materials for the temple? So he was not angry. He was not disappointed with God and said, okay, if you don't allow me to build the temple, I'm not going to get anything for the temple. No, this was not his attitude. Actually, he prepared everything needed to build the temple, from wood, from gold, from silver, from copper, everything, everything. So Solomon, when he came, he found everything is already ready and he uh, built uh, the temple. So the point here we need actually to... God does not owe us anything. So when I serve, I'm not serving for a reward at the end. When I do something, I'm not doing it for promotion at the end. We do it out of love. And then we should accept the economy of God toward us because his economy toward us is the best, even if we don't understand it. And the last point, of course, uh, Moses, I cannot cover him 
in, in a short sermon like this. But the last point, Moses actually uh, had the honor to see the mystery of the incarnation in the burning bush. When actually God appeared to him in this amazing sight, when he saw the bush burning with fire, but without being consumed. Uh, and this was a revelation about the incarnation of the Son of God. So Moses, this great prophet, uh, actually God revealed to him his plan and his economy as he delivered the people from the land of Egypt into the promised land, in the same way God, the Son of God, will become man and will deliver us from the land of slavery, the kingdom of darkness, kingdom of Satan, into the promised land, into the kingdom of Christ, into the heaven of him. May the Lord actually help all of us to follow the footsteps of this great prophet, Moses the prophet. And actually in the midnight praises we call him the Arsha prophet, the head of the prophets. And he is indeed the head of the prophets. And may through his prayers God help us to walk in his fear and to attend to our salvation. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.